0: No, I'm not preaching. I heard some of you gasp. All right. I'd like to introduce uh, our our speaker today, Greg McNeese. Greg McNeese began his ministry with Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children on July the first, twenty fifteen, serving as president elect. Greg learned the day-to-day ministry support of the organization, donor relations, and connections, as well as understanding the process which is in place for helping children, families, and prospective parents. A desired outcome of this position was to create, with the input of many, a new strategic plan for the ministry, which re- was presented and approved by the Board of Trustees on September 16, 2016. Mr. McNeese became the president of Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children officially on Friday, December 2, 2016. Greg previously served more than 20 years in local church and denominational settings. He previously served the Baptist Sunday School Board of Lifeway Christian Resources, Baptist Senior Life Ministries, and the Baptist General Convention of Oklahoma on the denominational level. Greg also served Southern Hills Baptist Church in Oklahoma City for more than nine years as the Associate Pastor for Education and Ministries. In 2009, Greg was called to Prestonwood Baptist Church in Plano, where he served until coming to Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children. At Prestonwood, he served at the main campus for two years before being named the executive pastor of the North Campus of Prestonwood. This campus saw a near 40% growth in its time there. At this growing campus, he was instrumental in an $11 million building expansion, the beginning of a private Christian school, and led the staff team there. Greg and his wife, Karen, have been married 22 years and have two children. Jackson Dale, who's 18, is a senior in high school, and Madison Grace O'Neill, 14, is in the ninth grade. Jackson and Madison Grace are embracing a new venture in education through the Virtual Academy of Prestonwood Christian Academy. Karen is a native Oklahoman, having been raised in the Bethany area. Greg was raised in Paris, Texas. We'll forgive him for that. (laughs) And as a nine-year-old accepted Jesus as Savior at First Baptist Church, Greg was ordained to the gospel ministry in January 1993 at Crestview Baptist Church in Georgetown, Texas. Greg feels that God has called him to be a difference maker, and there's no better place to fulfill that calling, I believe, than Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children. Would you join me in welcoming Greg (laughs) McNeese?
1: There is always a rude comment about being south of the Red River, so we, uh, at least I know I'm in good company. Uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you for your not only attendance here today, but as we, um, really as we look at what your church is doing, uh, on behalf of Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children, I want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for what you have done. And thank you for what you will continue to do and what you will do in the future. You know, just last week I had a report um, pulled for me just so that I could get a better perspective of what's going on in our state uh, for churches who are connected to Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children. And do you realize, you may think, well, what, what do we in Bristow have to offer? Did you realize that you are one of the top 50 giving churches in the state of Oklahoma to Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children? You realize that? That's a huge, that's a huge distinction uh, to be able to be in that category of folks. But let me take you back. I want, to, I want to spend a few minutes just letting you know a little bit about the children's home. Do you realize that Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children is an affiliate organization? That means we really are a part of the Baptist home Convention of Oklahoma. But in that, you have to realize that we are the oldest entity in the state of Oklahoma as Baptists in our work. Actually, we predate Oklahoma. Uh, The children's home was started before Oklahoma became a state. So 114 years ago, in 1903, the Oklahoma Orphan's Home, actually it was the Indian Territory, it was the Baptist Orphan's Home then. So before we became a state, you were involved as Baptist in the work and caring for children. So for 114 years, Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children has been on the forefront of providing care to boys and girls. Now you have to understand, boys and girls come to us in a variety of different ways and a variety of different means. They come to us looking for a safe, secure place to call home. They come to us looking for hope because in many cases that's not been afforded to them. You may say, Greg, how do, how do kids come to live with you at Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children? Can I be real honest and say that sometimes it's because there are children in our care who are truly orphaned? but that's a very small number in the number of kids who we serve. But I can tell you that there are boys and girls, believe it or not, who moms and dads give them a Walmart sack, and they drop them off at our doors and say, I'm done. And so we then say, you know what? There's a place for you. There's a place for you here. There's a place for you to be able to call home. There's a place for you that gives, provide, provides for them a safe, loving environment to grow up in. There are also those parents who, um, you know, maybe things are not good. Uh, Maybe parents are incarcerated, and many times children come to live with us because parents are in the prison system. There are times that children come to live with us because somewhere along the way, an adult parent has said, here is my child, raise my child to the grandparent of that child. And then time happens, health issues happen For one circumstance or another, the grandparent can no longer raise the child, and many times children come to live with us because there is no one else in their nuclear family who can help raise them. There are many reasons that children come to live with us at Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children, but I can tell you that the children who come to us, they come to a place that has a reputation of being excellent, the best in their field, a place that provides hope to them, a place that provides love, security, and safety. I'm amazed as I walk uh, in the new role for me in ministry, I'm amazed to hear boys and girls talking about, I have a warm bed to sleep in. These are things that are very, very foreign to me and to my family. They talk about a place that they know they're loved They talk about a place that, you know what, I'm safe. I even have heard children say, you know what, I can eat all the food that I want. Because those are real life experiences that boys and girls who come to live at the Baptist Home for Children many times don't experience and don't have. Daily, there are over 200 boys and girls who live on one of the four campuses known as Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children. Mr. Greg, where are these homes? Where are these places? You may be familiar with Boys Ranch Town in Edmond, Oklahoma. Obviously it serves boys, only boys there. So girls you, it's a it's a crazy place you don't want to be there. But then just as crazy, down in Medill, there's a Baptist home for girls that it's just girls. So guys there's a lot of there's a lot of makeup and there's a lot of stuff that you don't want to mess with down there either. But then there is the Baptist Children's Home of Oklahoma City that has both boys and girls who live on that campus, and you also make your church is most familiar and associated with the Baptist Children's Home in Owasso. That's where you, as a church family, do a lot of your work and do a lot of your ministry. You know, as I look at Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children, there are many verses that come to my mind to say, you know, what is, what is a verse that says this is what you're to be about? If you've got your Bible today, I would ask that you look in the New Testament to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19, verse 14 says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for such is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 19, verse 14, I want you to, if you can, for just a moment, to close your eyes and listen to what Jesus says once again. Matthew chapter 19, verse 14, Jesus said this, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Now, as you are as thinking through that verse... Can you imagine the setting? Jesus is there. He's telling the disciples and he's telling the others, let the children come to me. Don't hinder them. Don't stop them. Don't slow them down. Let them come to me. You know what? I can also see Oklahoma Baptist homes for children right there in that setting. Because the reality is that there are boys and girls in our state and in your community who something is hindering them. They need something. They need a place that provides hope. They need a place that provides security. They need a place that provides love. And there's something that's hindering them from understanding that. Jesus says, Let the little children come to me. I say, Let the children come. Those who need us, let them come and find safety, find refuge find a place of love, and yes, a place of hope. So as we look at this verse, you're going to see that we all have some of these issues. The children who come to us, they need hope. They need hope. You know what, life for them many times has not been life like you or I might expect. Maybe they have felt rejection, From parents, maybe rejection from their family. Maybe they've experienced mistreatment, and that could be a host of different types of mistreatment. Maybe they've experienced hunger. You know, one thing I can tell you that at our campuses, on those four campuses, our pantries, the Hummels are here as house parents to this group from Owasso. We don't have padlocks on pantries because the reality is as many times children understand love by being able to be fed. And they've experienced, before they get to us, they experience hunger. So there's hope. Sometimes when they walk in the door, they hope they're going to get a meal. They don't realize that the pantry is always open. There's always food for them. So children who come to us many times are in need of they come to us because they need hope, because life has told them, parents around them or people around them have said, You will amount to nothing. But they come to the children's home and they begin to have hope that, you know what, someday I can do something. I can be different than what my past has been. Children who come to us come to us in need of love. You know what, all of us need to be loved, we want to be loved. But children, many times, who come to our door have no idea what that means. Many times, they don't understand the idea of unconditional love, that no matter what happens and no matter what they do, they're still going to be loved. Jesus does that for us. Go back to Matthew chapter 19, verse 14, when Jesus said, let the children come to me unhindered. It's unconditional And when children come to live with us, they come to us unconditionally loved. Are there days where they don't feel loved? Yes, we all do that. But Jesus opens the door and Jesus allows us a place to love people. Children who come to live with us may understand love in a very abusive kind of way. They may understand love to be cruel. They may understand love to be Attached to certain strings. We want to make sure that children understand love, that they are loved when they come to the Baptist children's home. When children come to us, many times they come to us in the need of with safety needs. No, but it's interesting. Don't we all have those very same issues? We all have a concern about our safety. You know, when we think about safety today, we think about it maybe in terms of terrorist and terrorist attacks, or we think about it maybe being in a particular community where it maybe it's gang ridden and violence. We think about safety in those terms. But children who grew up who grow up in those kind of situations, they don't understand that safety is a place that's a peaceful place. All they think about is if I can be safe, I'm not in gunfire range, or I'm not in a direct line of something. So for us, to provide a place of safety is huge. When boys and girls can lay their head down at night and know that they're going to be safe. And that happens every day at the Baptist Children's Home around our state. Children come to us with the need of being safe. And they may walk into a cottage and they go, man, this place is the biggest place I've ever been in my life. This is a big building, lots of rooms and lots of things. But they quickly learn that that is a safe place, a place where they can go and kind of at times let down their guard and be safe. Children come to us with the need of being safe. You know, when people come, many times children come to Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children They come with the need of Jesus. They don't know that. But as they begin to experience life on one of our cottages, or in one of our cottages, they begin to see that love and safety and security, food, all those things are being met. But they also see something different. Ultimately, they're going to see Jesus. They're going to see Jesus lived out, and they're going to see Jesus high and lifted up. You know, for each of our cottages on all of our campuses, each cottage attends the same church every Sunday. There's not an option for those boys and girls who live with us, there's not an option to not go to church. When they come home from church, they're going to be led by a house parent couple who's going to lead them spiritually. There's going to be cottage devotional times, there's be prayer times every day. Boys and girls are going to experience and understand who Jesus is, and they're going to do life, if you will, around Jesus. What's our ultimate desire, our ultimate goal? That is for them to experience salvation through Jesus Christ. So when boys and girls come, they don't just come and kind of absorb. They get involved. They go to a church, their church just like yours. And they're plugged into Bible study, Sunday school, life groups, whatever it's called. They're plugged into the children's ministry or the student ministry. They do life, if you will, just like any other family would who are believers. As we look at where you are today as a congregation, you may really say, how do we in Bristow, at First Baptist Church Bristow, how do we make an impact How do we throw a a pebble into that big lake called life? How do we make a difference? How are we making a ripple effect? Can I tell you, you make a huge impact. As I shared with you all ago, you are one of the top giving churches in the state of Oklahoma to this ministry. You impact boys and girls in a huge way. When you give your tithe and you give your offering, this may be way more Baptist stuff than what you want to know, but let me share with you. When you give your tithe or your offering to your local church, there's a portion of that gift, that portion of that tithe, that goes to what's called the cooperative program. And through that cooperative program, it, it goes through different, if you will, hands, but the reality is there's a portion of your money that goes to support the work of Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children. So through the cooperative program, and as you're going to hear in the next coming weeks, you're going to hear about other entities who you support through the work of the cooperative program. But you know what? Your church doesn't just stop with that because there are those of you who are sitting in the pews today, you give over and above directly to the causes in support of the children's home. When you give a gift to the birthday bank, some of you may go, I have no idea what that is, but some of you know you give money to a birthday bank here in your church, uh, maybe a birthday for someone, for yourself, or an anniversary, all that money that is taken up through the course of a year goes to support the work of children through OBHC. Your church also gives, uh, in a huge kind of way, to the Mother's Day offering. The Mother's Day offering money that you collect goes directly to the retirement centers and the children's home. So you are a part of that. Your church is so closely tied to our Owasso campus. I don't know, Hummels, how far are we from the Owasso campus? 45 miles. So you are most closely tied to our Owasso campus. These five young ladies uh, here today, I want you all to stand for just a second. These five young ladies, go ahead, these five young ladies live at the Owasso campus. Y'all may be seated. Now, I need to tell you also, Amanda is doing a, a school project, and so if you heard a baby cry a while ago, it's not a real baby, uh, She's doing a school project, and so when she came in, I was like, okay, this is a new one. I didn't think she had a child, and so so a while ago, her school project baby began to cry. I don't know if you saw that, and so she's like, oh, no, what do I do? And so uh, we really do have five girls who live with us, and the other is a school project, and so <clears throat> who's not living. She's an inanimate object, but um, matter of fact, this is sidebar, so... She came in, Amanda was rocking the baby. Now, I leaned over to my wife and I said, how does the baby know (laughs) that it's being rocked? And so she said, well, there's a thing on its wrist that they track all this stuff. So, okay, okay." you know, so technology even hits uh, high school in in that regard. Back to what I was saying. You give to a thing called paper dolls. Now, some of you may go, Greg, I don't know what that is. But in the, in the summer, as we lead up to a style show that begins to send our children back to school with new clothes, just like you as a parent send your kids back to school with some new clothing, remember, the boys and girls who live on our campuses don't have that luxury. So the style show that happens to benefit the children at the Wasco campus, there are these things called paper dolls. And many times, Sunday school classes take up money to clothe a paper doll. It very well may be the clothing that these five girls are wearing today could have been purchased with the paper doll money that you sent to the Owasso campus. Your church is making a huge impact, not just here in Bristow, but in Owasso and as well as other places. On the Owasso campus, we're bringing a new ministry um, to the Owasso campus. It's called Children's Hope. Children's Hope is a different model. We realize that in many cases today, we have single moms who've got children, and they are at the point of either being homeless, maybe there's excessive abuse, abuse on behalf of a male figure in that family's life, Maybe these moms are under-resourced as far as job skills. Maybe these moms are under-resourced in the area of education. And so we are seeing a great opportunity to minister to moms and their children by bringing them, them into our care. They'll live in a different setting, in a different cottage, but we will employ a what we call a family advisor. And this is a female who pours life into the single mom helping her to get a GED, helping her to get the job skills, helping her with the unbelievable thing called parenting skills. She is mentoring and she is doing life in front of these moms and doing life with these moms with the ultimate goal of what? The ultimate goal of these moms someday leaving our care and they live independently and they're raising their children in a healthy environment. Now, you know, I told you that these These family advisors, these moms, these ladies are doing all these things, but the reality is is they're also teaching these moms about Jesus. They are spiritually mentoring and bringing some of these women to faith in Christ and letting them understand who Jesus is in the midst of a crazy, chaotic world. And so in 2017, we will open a brand new cottage. uh, Actually, a cottage that's been renovated on the Owasso campus, and we will bring Children's Hope which is right now being done in Oklahoma City, will also bring that to the Owasso campus in the Tulsa metropolitan area. That is exciting, and you are definitely a part of that. We have another ministry on the Owasso campus that is strictly just at that particular campus. It's called the Adolescent Maternity Home. And there are times when young ladies find themselves in a situation where mom or dad says, with your life stage and your circumstance, you cannot live in this house. You cannot live here. Moms and dads today do indeed, it's still done. They kick out their teenage daughters who find themselves in an unplanned pregnancy. So, where are they going to go? What are they going to do? Under resourced educationally, under resourced job wise, and they're 13, 12, 15, 16, 17. But through the Adolescent Maternity Home on the Owasso campus, we're seeing young moms being taught about life, how to be a mom, how to care for this child. And we do that in conjunction with our pregnancy center in Tulsa, the Hope Pregnancy Center. So we're working hand in hand to make sure that these young ladies have, (coughs) pardon me, what it needs, have what that baby needs. So I've told you about what's at the Owasso campus, but you have to realize there are also four other hope pregnancy centers within our ministry beyond what's in Tulsa. There's a program called LifeWise. LifeWise goes into public schools, helping in public schools to teach good decision-making skills, hopefully avoiding the need for a pregnancy center. Can I tell you that the Lord is opening an unbelievable door before us, that we don't have enough volunteers In LifeWise to support the number of school districts, public school districts, saying, "Can you come and do this?" So when you say God's not allowing Christian beliefs into public schools, let me tell you, He is. What you don't know, what I know, is that the curriculum that we use for LifeWise. Remember, I said it's good decision-making skills. It's about life skills, and so what we've done is we've taken the Book of Proverbs and we teach the book of Proverbs in public schools, with just we take off the scripture address. And so we see young boys and girls in junior high and high school, we've seen them come to faith even without us talking about Jesus. They notice a difference and they see a difference. Last year we began a new ministry called One Such Child. And our One Such Child ministry is led by a lady by the name of Terry Blanton. Terry, if you'll make your way up here. Terry um, has come to lead for us a ministry to foster families and to create and to enable foster care ministry uh, here in our state. Let's see if this one will. So I've asked Terry to share for just a few minutes and then we'll come in. I'll close this up. Terry, go ahead.
2: We're excited to share about our foster care program, uh, One Such Child, with you today. Um, You you might ask, why the name One Such Child? Well, in the book of Mark, Jesus says, um, whoever receives one such child in my name receives not me, but the one who sent me. And so, scripturally, we are called to care for One such child. And, you know, you heard Greg share about children who are seeking hope and need a place to call home and know that when they go home, they're going to experience love and someone who really cares about them. And we have unique people throughout our Baptist churches who are doing just that. In fact, you have a family right here in your church that has recently become certified as a foster family, and we'll be talking about them in just a moment. But our goal through one such child is to go to every Southern Baptist church throughout Oklahoma, and we have over 1,800 Southern Baptist churches, and we would really like to see at least two families from every church become foster parents. Do you know, actually, if we had six families from every church across Oklahoma, from every Southern Baptist church, we would have homes for every child that is currently in DHS custody. Six families from our churches. It's a doable number. It's a doable project, but it's not just a project. It's a calling, and some churches have more than six families, and some churches have less because we have fluctuating memberships, but think about that. Six families. Right now, in DHS custody statewide in the state of Oklahoma, we have just under 10,000 children in DHS custody. I think one child is too many to be in DHS custody. But our goal through the One Such Child program is to make sure that we have families, our Southern Baptist families, believing families who are ready to step up and to care for these children. Now let me just tell you all of those 10,000 children are they're not all appropriate to go into foster care so that number is a little misleading but we do have about 8500 that are eligible for foster care not only that we have one as of January 15th we had 151 children in DHS custody that are about to age out of the system that have Nobody to mentor them. No family. They will age out of the system and go into society and start living as adults with no one to help them. 151 children. In the state of Oklahoma, we have 541 children who have been in foster care or who... um, who are in foster care, who have a plan of adoption as part of their permanency plan, but no family connected. 541 children waiting for a place to call Forever Home. It's a lot. In your county, let me just bring it down a little bit more, but in your county, in Creek, Creek County, right? So in Creek County... You have 35 children who were placed outside of their county but within your district, DHS district. And you have six children who were placed outside of their district. And the reason they were placed outside of your county is there's not enough foster homes in your county. Not enough foster homes in your district. So, my question to you today is the Lord calling you perhaps to help with a foster care issue. Do you have a desire to help these children find hope, find a forever home? Not everybody is called to be a foster family, though, but we are all called. To minister to the children all of us and everybody that's sitting in this church and even that is in the children's ministry everybody can have play a role in the foster care program we have one family who's actually come forward and said i want to be that family of hope for children and they have recently become Certified through Eckerd, which is an agency that we work with to help uh, certify and train and do all the background and act as a go-between between uh, between them and DHS. So they have someone to advocate for them so they're not working directly with DHS. And that's a huge, huge blessing. We also have people in this church who have actually adopted children. If you have adopted a child, would you raise your hand? Look at that. Look at that. Families who have opened their home and said, I want to be a forever family. So you already know how to, how to start with the system. You already know how to reach out to families who are experiencing placement of a child in their home. But everybody in the church who are believers, certainly, know how to pray. And you certainly can pray for the children. You know, I went to a a foster care fair not long ago, and we were handing out material. People were just walking by the booth, and they really weren't interested in getting the information, so I started stopping people on their way to Sunday school and putting... The material in their hand and saying, would you share this information with people in your Sunday school class? And I had an elderly lady say, oh, sweetheart, we've already raised our children and our grandchildren, and it's just time for us to rest. You know, we don't start resting (laughs) until we're with the Lord, until the day we die. We're called... To serve the Lord Jesus Christ as believers, that's what we're called to do. And so I said to this woman, I said, well, you know, I understand maybe you don't want to bring a child into your home. But I understand that the senior groups know how to make some pretty awesome casseroles. And you could make a casserole for the foster family. And I will not tell you what that would mean for a family who has already gone to probably two DHS appointments, a doctor's appointment, and maybe the school all in one day and then has to come home and make a meal. So senior adults, I understand you all are good cooks. (laughs) Uh, But also maybe you have a sewing ministry in your church. Do you have a quilting ministry in your church or a sewing ministry? Okay. So if you don't, you might want to start one. <laughs> but you could... Uh, we have a quilting ministry in, in, uh, where I attend, and our quilting ministry has begun giving every child who, when there is a child dedication done, they get a quilt. And when there is a child placed in a home by adoption... They get a quilt and when there's a child placed in the home through foster care they get a quilt and they get to take that quilt with them it's theirs and they know that that church is praying with them and praying for them and that's a very visual thing for a child who sometimes is only given a walmart bag of belongings we also have had some churches who have made a special fund for a vulnerable child program, and they put money in that fund. And um, so when a child is placed in foster care, sometimes they come with not even the Walmart bag, and they don't even have the basic hygiene things. And so uh, getting a Walmart card or a Target card and giving that to the foster family helps that foster family get the basic things they need until uh, the stipend comes in to help the child. Or maybe uh, they get a call. Sometimes they don't even get the call until the day of placement. And they may not even have the right car seat, the right size car seat, the right size bed. the right. So th- you might receive a child into your church family who needs a bed. Well, Let me just say, two or three people to get together and they pull their money. Or if you already have that account set up, you pull the money from that account and you have provided a bed for a child. The the youth. I'm looking down here at a good group of youth over here. Okay. So boys and girls, I understand that you guys can mow lawns. Let me just say, it's not just a guy thing. I mow my lawn. I know Karen mows her lawn. But mowing the lawn for the foster family, again, it just frees them up to be able to focus on the immediate needs of the child or making cookies or going on a Saturday and just doing a craft day or when a child is placed in foster care, taking the time to get to know that child and become a friend or a mentor for that child. You see, there's no age group that's left out from the church the church's responsibility to reach out to children. Well, I had an opportunity to talk with your pastor, uh, last week. And, uh, we were talking about that your church is starting this foster care ministry. And he shared with me about, uh, the family in your church who has just become certified and just received two children in their home. And so, uh, if your pastor will come forward, and uh, Forrest and Jamie, if you'll come forward. You know the Braden family already, right? So do you want to take over?
0: uh? I just want to take an opportunity, guys. We have have an opportunity to minister just within our church, but uh, one thing that I can assure you, having having walked these paths, having, having walked these roads of not just uh, being with Oklahoma Baptist church for Children, but also foster care ministry, um, a church family is vitally important in this type of ministry. For one thing, it is important for us to pray. And you need to understand something, that they are being an extension of us in the lives of two sweet little girls right now. Um, they are being an extension of us. And it's not just them alone. They're not on an island. This is our ministry, too. And so what I want to do right now, I'm, gonna have you guys, I'm actually going to have you guys come just sit down right here, if you will, okay? Um, here's what I want. I want to ask just um, a, a few folks, if you would, um, especially some of those that have been tied in already as we've been ministering. I want you to come down, and I want us to just pray around them. Guys, listen. I want you to understand something. We don't battle against flesh and blood. We don't battle against what would seem normal. We battle against powers and principalities. I can tell you, they're battling spiritual battles. Mm -hmm. And they need people to step up and say, you know what? I'm going to take up the fight with you. I'm going to step in and I'm going to pray. I'm going to step in and I'm going to speak the truth over you. I'm going to pray for those children, all right? So here's what I would like. I'd like some of our men, some of our deacons. I'd like some of our ladies, some of you moms All right. Why don't you come with me right now? Just go ahead and get up where you are. Come down. Let's join around the Bradens and let's partner with them in ministering to um, these sweet little girls that they have in their home. Um, If you want to pray for them, pray for them by name, but pray for pray for these little girls by name. All right. Stormy and Dava, if you've met them, they're such a joy. Um, Pray for them. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to open it up for a moment. And if you want to pray out loud, then then pray out loud. Church, join us as we pray. But I'll close this in just a moment um, in in praying for Forrest and Jamie. Father, we do thank you for the Bradens. We thank you for their
2: ministry in this church. We want to lift them up today. Keep your guiding hand on them. Hmm. And they're two young girls that they have, Father. That they have that opportunity.
3: Ministry, morning, day by. I know what it's like, because I've walked it. Father God, I know that day by day, it's exhausting. It seems hopeless. You wonder if you're making any progress. You wonder if you can even make it another day, because it is so hard to fight these battles. And, and you wonder if you can even do it all, and if you're making a difference, Father God. But, but we know that you are walking... This journey, we know that you are in control. We know that you fight for us, Father God. And I pray that you would just strengthen Jamie and Forrest. God, give them hope. Give them strength. God, in those moments where they just feel like they have not an ounce of anything left, Father God, in those moments, fill them back up to pour back out. Father, use us as a church to to pour into them, to pour into their children, to love them, to support them, to just help in every way possible, Father God, and convict our hearts. Father, in any way possible, just use us up. Father, as they are doing the daily, use us, show us, convict us, Father God. And I just, I'm so thankful for the example. I'm thankful for the the battle they're fighting, Father God. And I pray again, Lord, give them just the peace, the strength, all of those things that they need to make it just in one single day in doing this, this ministry that is so beyond difficult and so beyond um, just hard and exhausting. God, I'm thankful for them and I pray that you would just bless them. Lord, I pray for health, for their family, for their entire household, for the girls. Lord, I I pray that you would bless them with energy, the energy that it takes to raise four little kids. And I pray that you would just um, give them courage to ask when they need help and that you give us wisdom to know when they do and to be able to step in and to do that.
1: Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to impact people's lives and to be a part of uh, what you call them to do. So, Father, I pray that as Forrest and Jamie not only physically raise children, Father, but you would allow this church to help them spiritually see these children come to faith in you and to grow and to mature into unbelievable Christians and followers of Jesus. Father, thank you for a church who's committed to raising families. Thank you for a church. It says we're about raising people up to know you and to serve you, and we ask us in your name.
2: Experiencing hope. They are experiencing love. And Lord, for whatever time this family or this church has those little girls, I ask for continued faithfulness, Lord, that your truth be poured into their little lives. That seeds would be planted and they would grow. So that they would come to an understanding of your great love. And Lord, I ask that if there are other families that are seeking, or whether or not this is the ministry for them, Lord, that you would help them give them the courage, the boldness, and the discernment that they need, Lord, to be obedient to whatever it is they're calling you, you're calling them to do. And Lord, I ask that you would bless this church. Continue to help them understand that their responsibility, Lord, in ministering to this family, to these children. And be a leader in their community in a foster care. Of a
0: child. Father God, we we thank you for callings on our life. We thank you for seasons of our life. And God has forced and Jamie walk this calling and walk this season. God, we pray that you would remain faithful. God, we pray that you would equip where you have called. God, we thank you for the uh, the heart of the gospel that we find here. God, as as Terry and I talked last week, she said something that just impacted me is that when it's go into all the nations, Forrest and Jamie have had all the nations into their home now. God, we pray that you would burden us with the gospel. God, I pray that you would burden us with um, a ministry of the gospel into the lives of young children, older children. God, I pray that even though we don't know how long these girls are going to be with Force and Jamie, I pray that you would plant the seeds. Father God, I pray for Forrest and Jamie as they, as they work out that battle every day, as they pray and pour truth and Scripture over these kids, as they, uh, as they battle in their own times the hearts of these young ones. God, I pray that you would bless with strength beyond what they're capable, that you would bless with wisdom beyond what they're capable, discernment beyond what they're capable. God, allow us as a church to be their biggest fans. Allow us as a church to be their greatest support. God, we give you the glory in that. And God, as Terry prayed, I pray that if there's anybody here that's struggling with whether that's a call, if their heart has been touched this morning, God, I pray that you would move them into that. But God, let us also understand that it is a calling, that only by your moving can we step into something so great. And so, God, I pray that you would give us your spirit to guide us through that. We thank you for this time as we send Jamie and Forrest out with the gospel into their own home. God, I pray that you would find them faithful, find us faithful as a church. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.
1: Thank you you for letting us do this today. Uh, The Bradens didn't know that we were going to do this when they came to church this morning. Uh, But thank you for, for loving them in this way. And thank you for sharing and being a partner in ministry Uh, with them as they answer the response, they respond to how God's called uh, them in this way. You know, you may say, Greg, how does all this happen? And let me tell you, it comes with a price tag. And we're grateful that for 114 years, Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children has been able to work with individuals and churches to financially undergird all of this because the reality is there's not a child that comes into our care. There's not a a to-be mom, to-be dad that comes into one of our pregnancy centers. There's not a family that comes into our ministry. There's not a child in a public school. There's not a foster family that we ask to pay a dime for anything. It's because Oklahoma Baptists and Southern Baptist churches in Oklahoma give so that this free grace, this free gift that God extends us, we can extend on to other folks. The reality is, is that for 114 years, we have not taken a penny of state monies or federal monies to do our work. Because can I tell you, the minute we take a penny, things change. The minute we take that first penny from a state coffer or a national coffer, we no longer can share Jesus whenever we feel the need. Our house parents can no longer lead in devotions, our our students can no longer be led in prayers. We can't talk about Jesus when we begin to take state and federal monies. Here's the reality. 162 people in calendar year 2016 came to know Jesus through the umbrella of Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children. 162 people and you, First Baptist Bristow, are a part of seeing people come to faith in Christ. Whether it's boys and girls on a campus, whether it's a 2B mom or a 2B dad who walk into a pregnancy center, they all have the opportunity to learn about Jesus and you help make that difference. So when you question, do I in Bristow, Oklahoma, have a kingdom impact kind of ministry? Yes, you have a kingdom kind of impact ministry. It's not just for today, but it really is for generations to come and for eternity. You make a phenomenal difference. You know, today you may have come here today and you may go, okay, you know what? I'm looking for a place that I can call my church home. I'm looking for a place that cares more about people than it cares about anything else in this world. Because when we care about people, we care about their spiritual life, we care about their physical life, we care about who they are. And that's the kind of church I need to be in. So some of you may be here today saying, I need to find a place where I can give beyond who I am. You may be here today and you may go, Greg, I have no clue what you're talking about. Why would somebody want to do anything for, with, beside, behind Jesus? I don't even understand what you're talking about when you're saying give to other people, give beyond yourself. If you come here today and you find yourself asking those kind of questions, here in just a moment we're going to stand. And when we stand, Pastor DJ is going to be down here down front. And you know what, I don't know what you came uh, here for today other than God, believe it or not, God has appointed your time to be here today for you to hear and to see this church in action as to what they do. And so today, as we stand here in just a moment, I'm gonna ask you to do the hardest thing you've ever done, and that's to step out into the aisle, come down and meet Pastor DJ right here and just say, Pastor, I don't know why I'm here. Or maybe you do know, and maybe you need to say that to him. But I'm here today to say, God's doing something in my life, and I need to respond to that. So as I pray, I want you to stand, and the music team is going to be prepared to lead us in a song. But know that God has got a specific purpose for you and a specific purpose for this church. These girls that are here today from our Owasso campus are a living result of what God's called you to do. The Bradens are a living result of what God's called you to do to partner with them, and to help raise these children. You know, it's been said it takes a village to raise a child. We are the village. We are the village that makes a difference in the, in the lives of children. So if you would please stand, I'm going to pray for us. You do, and you respond how God's called you to do that today. Don't delay in that. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful to you for this day. Lord, thank you for doing the unexpected in our midst. Thank you for calling us out to be difference makers. We're called to make a difference one life at a time. So, Father, I pray that today that if if there's someone here who says, I don't know this Jesus, Lord, I pray that today would be the difference in their life today, that they would step forward and say, I need Jesus. If there are people here today that say, you know what, we know Jesus. We've known him for many years, but we are looking for a church that's all about making a difference in the world in which we live. And Lord, if there are people here today, they really can stop walking and they can stop wandering because that place is right here. Father, I pray that you would speak to us, speak to us boldly, and we, may we not be hindered by time, may we not be hindered by our lunch, that we would do business with you today. And we ask us now in your name.
3: Amen.